Good morning with a side of festive vibes for each and every one of you out there in podcast land. Today, as the day continues, regardless of my schedule, I remind myself that the big ideas depend on small successes. And the goal is more about enjoying those little moments that the journey brings. Have a fantastically focused fun day, everybody. It's time to play hard, work hard. Now, let's play hard. Welcome to the Crude Life Morning Show. Play hard, work hard. My name is Jason Spies. That is Sterling. And Good morning. Fixing a few things here because we're not doing it every single day, folks. No, not till September 8th. Wednesday, September 8th. We're back Monday through Friday. Play hard, work hard. Morning show come heck or high water. And there's a reason why we picked the 8th. There is, because it that is. is the fantasy football draft. Right. The day before, mm-hmm. but by the way, today's Thursday. Yep. We're filming this. We're recording, recording this. Yes. Are we filming this? You oh, didn't tell man. me that, man. You know, a little sidebar real quick. I guess I should put some pants on. So as as my, well, one of the ways I got in so much trouble. Oh, you know. Is you this know the when wrong, calling a woman a wrong egos? name? No, okay. this was a man. Okay. So you know when you're dealing with egos sometimes, the oh. truth is the worst thing you can bring to the table. Oh, yeah. Man. Nobody wants the truth. So here here we're dealing with a, a morning show host. Keep my, I'm executive producer, so mm. it's my job at the end of the day that if, if somebody complains about the look and the feel, mm-hmm. it's on me. All right. The buck okay. stops here. Well, we didn't have brand managers and all that. That was executive producer. You were in charge of it all, pal. All right. You were social media director before there was a social well, we media were director. Logistics, social media. Oh, yeah. A big part of what we did was brought people online. But anyway, so we had a, an age deal because, you know, the internet was ushering in a whole new wave of younger listeners. Mm-hmm. And, you know, AM radio, my joke always was when I was in the radio and I was out at the bar. And I would be talking with the ladies, and I would, I would, I would never say I'm on the radio. Mm. Well, then so, some guy, hey, it's, hey, Spies, what's up from the radio? Because a lot of guys listen to AM radio. All right, recognize the voice, but if nothing else. there's no women that listen to AM radio. And I used to, <laughs> and they'd be like, you're on the radio? What station? And I'd be like, well, it's on uh, AM radio. And they're like, oh. So I wonder what that guy's doing over there who's homeless. Right. Let's go talk to him now. <laughs> right. He's more interesting. He than looks you. like an FM type of guy to me. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Are knows, you an AM or he FM, knows who dude? Puff Daddy is. Right. It's like ACDC, you know? It's... <laughs> puff Daddy. Where did that come what, from? What's a Puff Daddy? Well, we have a story I saw about R. Kelly oh, coming yeah. up a little bit later. So my mind is in the 90s. Right. Uh, crossover rap a rock. Pop rock. Is that pop rock? Is that or, what it's I guess, called? yeah, soul. I thought I'm pop sure. rocks might have sued them on that but ah. you know that's part of what we're going to be talking about a little bit later also is reverse engineering because you know really we we're going to talk about the reverse engineering economy hmm. okay because really it, it that, that's what's out there now so we talked about the sequel economy sequels yep. and the sequel economy is where 
If you take a look at what a lot of people are doing, whether it's investors or Hollywood or the government or whoever, they are only going with the same people doing the same things with the same money, right? Because they're only doing Hulk Part 6. They're only doing Justice League with a different director. Like, they don't even call it different. Right. There's not even a different name now. So it's just the regurgitation of a sequel to where, because it's a sure bet. I've heard it said in corporate America that one of the most dangerous things you can do as an executive is do something different. Or, or say yes to something rather than just say no to something like everybody else is and just do it the way everybody else is. So there's this like, and we were talking about this with that guy the other day with Joe about leadership, yeah. right? You know, and how it sets the tempo or lack of. So we're talking about the new marketplace and we're also talking about, you know, because really we are getting directed into a new marketplace, whether people like it or not. It's almost like de-evolution. Well, it's it's to where the building the mousetrap, better mousetrap doesn't matter. Right. You know, it really it, it really doesn't matter. And it's it's more about how they're just gonna, you know, give the same people the same money to do whatever now they wanna react to. Yeah. Whatever they wanna do. And so a uh, little bit of re- that's where the reverse engineering comes in. And well, here's what here's what reverse engineering is, is when you take an idea and you reverse it to your own. So you don't steal it. You just reverse engineered it. You figured out how it worked so I'll and give why you, it worked. And I'll give you two examples. One, Vanilla Ice. Vanilla Ice is big hit. Ice Ice Baby is really nothing more than reverse engineering Queen. Yeah. Their song was a pressure. Boom, boom, boom. Under pressure. Boom, boom. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, yeah. Well, mine is dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Where and he, that's that's real. He actually does that. And that, 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 that was, was the his actual yeah. defense. That was the defense. Yeah. And Supreme Court. I remember Court. that on video. Well, that that was that went to Supreme Court, and Robert Van Winkle, aka <laughs> Vanilla Ice, won. And that was monumental. God, I, I don't think I'd want either of those names if I was him. <laughs> really? Well, he still was, was it Robert Van Ice? He goes by now. I no, have I no know. idea. So that's the reality of a of a reverse engineering concept right. that that worked and queen didn't get any money for the amount of energy mm-hmm. the amount of thought because what we're thought what we're talking about here is how do you compensate the thought worker because america is going into a thought working environment we have been for a long time actually and if you take a look at two-thirds of the world attorneys are the united states <laughs> that, that's nothing more than a thought working economy right. they've got one figured out but when you're in the world of marketing you're in the world of ideas. You're in the world of you know media. You're in the world of in a lot of different things now because of so many changes. ESG. Your thoughts have significant value. So if there are people in places of power to where they can just have a you know access to the pool of endless resources, mm-hmm. people got to be very careful now out in the marketplace when they go to networking sessions because their ideas. People are stealing them all over the place, but they're not stealing them. They're just they're reverse engineering them. <laughs> I'll give you another example. Who do you think invented the computer we use today? In all honesty, Martians. Okay. No, the computer we use yeah. today. Uh, IBM. Okay, IBM. Some people would say Bill Gates. Some people would say Steve Jobs. Yeah. The correct answer is Xerox. 
Okay. Right, Xerox, yeah. So what Xerox did is Xerox came up with the graphics user interface, which is the mouse, which allows us to do the way that we do computing today. Mm-hmm. IBM, I mean, Microsoft, and Apple, Steve Jobs, mm-hmm. reversed engineered Xerox's graphic interface because the leadership in Xerox laughed at the new idea of a mouse. Right. And actually, because the word mouse, that was one of the leading reasons that the, that the upper management and board of directors said no, because it wasn't packaged correctly to them. So that, that goes, makes a difference. That right? goes back to your example of, of what is the best advice somebody gave you about corporate America? Don't don't say no or or basically the easiest thing is to just never say yes to anything. Don't All, change the anything. safest thing is to say no. Right. And so here, Xerox executives, board of directors, who is in charge of our future shareholders. Yeah. Here's a mouse. And look at you get graphic interface with this. And by the way, it works both in a Mac and a PC. Isn't it cool? Actually, I don't think it did. But anyway, you get the idea. And then Steve Jobs came in and said, oh, we want that. Well, they and were Bill able Gates to... came in and said, we want that too. I think the you know Xerox and IBMs of the world at that point were looking at the, the big view, right? And, and Jobs and Wisenach and uh, Gates, those guys were looking at it from the home computer point well, of view. They were looking at it from the bigger view because if you're looking at the big picture... There's a bigger picture out there. Right. And men in black should have taught us that. Right? <laughs> we're at the our, our, God, is, we're getting what we need from movies. Hey, it's existential energy here today, <laughs> pop culture style. But isn't men in black basically at the end of the day, we're just Earth is a marble in a big giant case of aliens somewhere? I think so. Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. He just picks just, us up and he puts us in right. a marble bag. Yeah. So our universe the, the, yeah. the point is is that when you think you're you got the five thousand foot view, right. well, existential energy is the five thousand foot view of the five thousand foot Somebody's view. Somebody's got a high so, there. folks, just a quick PSA real quick, Planet Service announcement, that the reverse engineers are out there right now in full force, and I'm not trying to sour grape anything. This is a Planet Service announcement that your ideas that you're sharing with others, you, they might get stolen, and, and you might see them somewhere else because there are some people out there that have an easier and quicker access to where they don't have to have their ideas validated. They don't have a, uh, you know what I mean? There's not the vetting process Mm -hmm. that certain people have to go through. Or at least they even have access to the pipeline that you and I don't. Totally. And absolutely. Absolutely. And so the reason I say that is because there's a lot of people that are making really good money right now that are supposed to be coming up with good ideas Mm -hmm. that don't have any. (laughs) Oh, no. These are these people you talked about, the ones who don't want change. Mm -hmm. Well, now they're being asked for change. And they don't know what to do. Yeah. So what they're doing is they're picking people's brain. Hey, you, I ignored you for five years. Can I, can I, you know, can we do a Zoom call and can I pick your brain? You're talking about like intellectual theft, really, right? I well, mean, that's just the thought. basically. That's yeah. the thought worker. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah. Can we, can, can, hey, can, what's going on? Let's catch up. Mm. And I, I mean, everybody listening knows exactly what I'm talking about. And then all of a sudden you see your idea, 80% of your idea being done somewhere else. Well, I bet everybody listening here has had that idea at some point in their life that would have been a great idea and then they saw it done, right? And it's not necessarily that somebody stole it. It's just that it was a good idea. Somebody else that had the means to make it work. Right. And I think that's opportunity. Oh, no, just go to the next level. Yeah. But because they don't have the passion 
or the intention, mm-hmm. it doesn't work. Right. And then what ends up happening is it just the idea goes away and they sabotage it. Well, you know, that, we, by the way, is crab bucket, too. That's very crab bucket. And, and one of the things in America that, you know, we talk about the pull yourself up by your bootstraps and plenty of people do that. But at the same time, we're getting, you know, you know, DARPA, right? Defense contractor, advanced research projects, agency yep. or whatever. So considered in right. many conspiracy theories, right? But yes. they they help spearhead technologies, which then they hand over to the private industry for essentially nothing. That the private industry is then able to take that advance, turn it around, and turn it into a product. Right. Right. So pull yourself up by your bootstraps, unless you're a big corporation and the government will do it for you. Yeah, I, I, I look at what the government does in the in the marketplace, and it just ruins it. It just ruins it. I mean, could you imagine if the, if the government was in charge of Silicon Valley? We'd still be using 1965 processors. Oh, dude, we'd have those green phosphorus screens. We'd probably have the, circle punch cards still. I miss those. But we wouldn't have had Y2K. Hey. That would have not even been an issue. Oh, man. Because we wouldn't have even had nearly the technology. The whole generation of preppers just never there. But a really good example, actually, is probably California. If you take a look at what's happening in California and by what's happening, okay, let's take a step back and you can go all the way back to Earth Day if you want because wasn't that where Earth Day came from, California? I have no idea. Anyway, is what, 1960 Dickety 2, right? Okay. It was, it was 67. Is it really that far back? In the 60s. Yeah, Earth okay. Day came from the 60s. And that, back then I think it was, uh, oh, the bat phone. Oh, this is an interesting number here on the bat phone. So, anywho, um, back in 19 Dickety 2, I think it was global cooling or global warming. It went through several different iterations, the, mm-hmm. the marketing behind what's going on with cli- cli- now climate change. Because mm-hmm. then you're Dickens, man, the best of both worlds, the right. tale of two cities. Cover your ass on both sides. The best of times, the worst of times. <laughs> so what was it? The age of incredulity and the age of decadence. Sagittarius? I don't know, man. The age of Sagittarius <laughs> and the age of Capricorn. That was the 70s, I think. Yeah. So, But follow what they did with EV cars. Okay, they actually passed a law in 1990 mm. that 2% of the cars had to be EV. That was California. You're California. Yeah, yeah, I and remember And then by that. 1998, 1998, I believe it was 10%. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, think about that. Okay, th- that's the government forcing a marketplace mm-hmm. that does not accept it. Okay, and then if you even follow California a little further... The hybrid market was actually kind of doing well. I mean, it was actually kind of working. It mm-hmm. was people were accepting it, and but the powers that be, and a lot of them are probably still there actually, because oh, sure. yeah. a lot of these are appointed leaders. Keep mm-hmm. in mind, and they they jostle around and this and that, this organization and this council and this. Right. You know, it's a board of directors totally. or but, consultant, but, but they're all funded by either the government or the handful of corporations that fund it. Right, mm-hmm. so. In California, it, it wasn't happening fast enough, so they did what they've done, is they've totally ruined a number of industries. People are leaving in droves. I can't find a story about California now that is positive. Okay, it's either th- there's wildfires, mm-hmm. power problems, tax issues because of the, e- of the uh, electric uh, mandates that they put into the marketplace, mm-hmm. And the other one is taxes are getting so bad, Idaho's pissed, Arizona's pissed, Colorado's pissed, Montana's pissed, the state of Washington pissed. How do you piss off Oregon? 
The weed growing capital of the world, right? They're the original, aren't they? Oregon? I think so. I once, the, they got to be the hippie place of the world, right? I once read there was like 2,500 different species of mushrooms in Oregon. And they got, that's what I mean. They got hardcore hippies yeah, and, right. and, and yeah. uh, not, not, not the fly by But you know what's interesting about Oregon, just really quick, is that one part of the state is more Idaho than anything else. One part of the state in, is way more a conservative... You do need the balance. Right. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because you think of Oregon, right? Well, you know? Oregon, I was going to say, is probably so hippie they're granola. Right. You know, and and, and the other hippie states and, and the, the, the cannabis states, they just don't have that. Well, the okay? reason California gets away with what they get away with is because it's kind of like China. If you want to do business in China, you have to follow their rules. If you want to do business with what's the third or fourth largest economy in the world, which is California... You have to play by the rules. So but, they've used that bully pulpit. And take a look at California again. That's mm-hmm. a great example. Okay. And what they should have learned is actually happen, happened in their backyard. Silicon Valley mm-hmm. is technology. Go back to Earth Day, 1960, Dickety 2, whatever mm-hmm. it was. Do you think the technology's changed a little bit since then? God, I hope so. But the policies and a lot of the mandates are not Mm -hmm. a lot of the mindset is not so so many leaders out there are still in this like this this central planning mindset that everything's got order we've folks we've found out in the last 100 years probably 150 years now pangea was real so like 19 what 20 or 1919 they decided that tectonic plate theory was actually real i believe that so the scientist that they made fun of for 50 years that had that theory and he died being made fun of by his colleagues oh okay well now it's real Mm -hmm. okay so we we found that out that tells you all you need to know about how science and discovery keep changing that's what i'm saying so even major ones change along the way so Balance of nature. Mm -hmm. We found out that the Greece notion, the Greek notion of balance of nature wasn't real. That that was not right. That if you leave a forest alone, Mm -hmm. it doesn't take care of itself. In fact, it's worse. It, it, It layers and layers and has decay. Eventually, you have a lightning strike and it sterilizes the entire land. So what ends up happening is you have to have some random wind or bird poop in order to repopulate the whole native floral. Well, it starts all over again. Thank God there's no loss of bird poop out there. So the what world. the Native Americans did, who are the actual true stewards, the last educators of the land, they would do control burns because they understood how to bring in wildlife and elk and antelope because they needed the meat. And they also needed to... In fact, the Native Americans, they used to take... Uh, after the fish, they take the head and the guts and the... And the Turn it the, into um, fertilizer, right? Yeah, they yeah. would... Well, in the mounds. Yeah. The mounds, they would do corn, beans, and squash. And then inside each mound was basically a dead fish because that would fertilize for the year, that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. And you get just robust crops. So basically, what I'm saying is California, for the last 20, 30 years, has tried to impose a marketplace onto the people mm-hmm. through ideology and special interests which, by the way, has no verified science. And by verified, I mean, I mean, we're talking about separate independent studies. So when you take a look at a drug, most, most drug studies, at least they used to, do you know what a double-blind study is? Mm-hmm. Where you've got like two different, organiz- two different labs, yeah. two different parts of the world that do not know each other, mm-hmm. do not know that they're doing the same study. Yeah. They're doing the study. 
And then you've got a third party that actually puts the data together mm-hmm. that audits it. And nobody involved even knows each other. And this is a real story, folks, that happened in the early 2000s. In a random airport, two people were in the airport talking about their jobs, as people do. Well, through the course of conversation, they found out they live 2,000 miles apart. They were actually working on the same study. Because of the way that the protocols go, they had to report that to the FDA. Mm. And that guy, I think they actually disqualified both teams. Millions of dollars in years thrown out just because of that contamination Mm -hmm. and the potential behind that contamination. Screw up all their numbers, right? With the results. Yeah. Well, now there's hardly any studies have third-party results now. And those are what's used to cite policy. So anyway, that's the imposed marketplace. So we got a little bit preachy there, did mm-hmm. we? Very much so. Okay, well, we can take a step back. No, Should man. We? I think you lean into it. What are we leaning into? Go hardcore. Well, that's well what... we covered everything from R. Kelly, and we haven't even really dove into that, to California <laughs> mismanagement. Uh, well, as a, as a kind of a, a, a crystal ball mm-hmm. of where we're going. You know, if this is really the marketplace that we're going to have where the government is truly imposing their policy to the tune to where they direct the marketplace. You know, I mean, we can go down the COVID route too, mm-hmm. which I'd ra- I, I don't want to, but that's creating a whole new marketplace. I mean, restaurants, go talk, go talk to a restaurant owner. A lot of them are just hanging on until the COVID money runs out, then they're shutting their doors. No. Well, I mean, why not, you know, wait till the last very chance you have of opportunity and then it's time to move on i'm seeing every day people in oil and gas well and going just, here now transition is in yeah and just staff shortages i, I mean i've seen hole in the wall mom and pop places hiring with like 500 sign-on bonus i mean you know so there's like this weird tug in different directions where you've got probably a whole section of businesses that are just going to collapse when there's no more money for them and there is a collapse right and then you've got the other side where there's a tremendous lack of staff. You know, everywhere I go, I drive around 14, 15 counties, man. I'll, I'll like, I was at Burger King the other day in, in Pelican, right? They had a sign saying, we can't stay open more than four hours because of staff shortage. Okay. I see that kind of stuff all the time now. Well, people don't want to work when they can get paid not to work. And here's what's going to happen, folks. This is a shale play profit moment. I'm going to step up on my oil drum. Bum, bum, bum. Is, and I said this summer's going to be a bloodbath, and it's already started. Remember I said that last spring? I think I do remember that, yes. Well, it started at the top. It always does, okay? And then now it's going to hit the mid, mid and smallers. And here's why it's going to hit is because, number one, the PPP money's kicking in now. And what I mean by kicking in is you got to start paying it back. Right. So now the loans are starting to kick in. Yeah, they're 1%, but you still got to pay it back. Yeah, free money's gone. Now it's the, the loan money, and, and the you debt money. And most people didn't put on any new business Yeah. Okay, outside of a select group, right? So when you take a look at that, you've got that group of the PPP payback people now. Mm-hmm. And now and they're starting to layoffs already because they see what's coming. Just came out a few days ago that the big oil companies didn't do any new business record profits, okay? Or huge profits, but they didn't do any new business. They just basically stood their ground. Mm-hmm. And business as usual. There you go. Yeah. So if you didn't put on any new business, that's why there was no business to put on. 
right? I just remember 2009, 2010, the last huge recession is places like Starbucks and stuff like that. They slashed staff. But what they determined was that they could actually get the same numbers with the same people by basically just not caring about the fact that instead of eight employees, they had four during peak time because right. they knew it's more that impo- well, that's the thing is if you've ever been in a service industry is you do an impossible thing every other day in your job. And the only reason it continues is because your boss sees that you keep doing that impossible well, thing. What, what we're talking about here, folks, for you sports fans out there, we're talking about analytics in employment, right? Where <laughs> bosses look at analytics and oh boy, you know what? Instead of that 20 foot jumper, analytics tell us shoot three pointers instead of uh you know what? Swing for the fence. Don't worry about the double play. Swing for the home run. Analytics tellers much better. Yep. And that's really what's happening here. Is oh, that yeah. Analytics are entering into the workplace. And now think about it. And I still believe this is going to happen. I think you're going to have timeshares of offices where, hey, Bob, you get it Monday. Bill, you get it Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Grace, you get it Wednesday, Thursday, Fridays by sign up only. Uh, you get X amount of credits. And then after that, I could really see something like that. I'm I'm amazed actually at the new construction still going on in town here where it's, it's, it's a little strip mall after strip mall going up, man. There's, there's there's some theory behind that. And if we got, we have, we got a little bit of time and we're, you know, kind of in existential moment here. So let's do this. Let's, let's, why not? Go for it. Who's ready? I'm ready. Woo. Have you ever heard of the Homestead Act? Yes, I have. That was where every, everybody got 40 acres, right? Well, what was the saying? 40 acres and a mule? You bet. And that wasn't true. So what ended up happening was is that some people got that, but others didn't. Yeah. What other people got was the opportunity for a loan. Debt. Debt to start a farm. Yeah. With, with instructions and, you know, some intellectual property, how to do it and that sort of Maybe. thing. Maybe. But you were paying for it through interest. Okay. Yeah. But... This cycle that just happened, known as the Great Reset, if you want to go back to the Homestead Act, folks, and you can, you can see this happens over and over and over again, is that when the Homestead Act happened, there was uh, prospectors and, and certain groups that got the land and the prime real estate as well. Because what many of the journals and many of the newspapers and many of the historians will tell you is that a number of people that went out there went out there on the belief that they would get 40 acres and a mule, but they were all taken. So the railroad got it, the monopolistic railroad. That's why they were the big bad wolf. And then, of course, the bankers and, and their select people as well. So prospectors is, I think, what they're mostly known as. So they, they were the ones that got all the good stuff free, but then also got all the prime real estate as well. So everybody else got the leftovers which they had to pay for and then also pay the taxes to help fund the free stuff. Mm. That just happened. Think about that just happened with the world of digital real estate. Everybody got 40 acres and a mule. I'm still waiting for my mule. PPP money, right? Right. Right. So, but when you take a look at who got the first round, it was the big guys got taken care of first. Oh, absolutely. You know, they got taken care of first and now look who's hiring the big guys. But they're hiring at a reduced rate. Well, yeah, they're hiring so at entry level. Well, the while the small business squeeze happens, the Cajun Cafe owners mm-hmm. who closed down last month in Fargo, North Dakota. Yeah. Well, 
Go get that $15 an hour job that's being advertised all over the place. That's what I meant by the de-evolution, you know, talking about earlier is that, is that it's, it, there's like a squeezing action going on. And so some people are going to get the thought, the thought workers and the other people that are on that higher strata will go up. And the rest will get pushed down and will get pushed down into those $15 an hour jobs. You know what I read the other day was that in 2007, there was a push to increase the minimum wage from $7.25 to $15 an hour. So what's that over almost 14 years ago? And now that it's finally starting to take effect, it's actually by inflationary standards, it's the equivalent of pretty much minimum wage. Yeah, that's all $15 an hour is now. Well, that's what, yeah. you know, is that the way it's scaled is because it took so long to enact, it's not really helpful mm-hmm. in the greater sense because everything else has gone up too. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm no economist <laughs> by any means. I live paycheck to paycheck, and most small businesses I know live month to month. Well, that's okay. No matter the, how successful they are. The, the, the three economists that, that the United States followed for the last 40 years, they, they're going on a tour the last couple of years admitting how wrong they were. I mean, think about that, man. That's 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 when you know you got it good. You you drive a country down the wrong way, say that you know globalization was wrong for America after they told everybody to do it for 20, 30 years, and in China they would they would probably hang you in Tiananmen Square, okay, for something like that. In America, no, you get a book deal and a tour and everything. Hey, I, I will say at least it's a rare thing to see anybody publicly apologize for anything anymore. Uh, and that's right. what it is, right? Like we said, there's a market out there for human right? decency. And it's now small. we know there's a market out there for accountability, <laughs> too. Mike and the fine folks at MyPillow are changing the game once again with their six-piece towel set. This set is made with USA cotton, making it extremely absorbent, yet still provides that soft feel you look for in a towel. The set comes with a two-bath, two-hand towel, two-washcloth, typically retailing for $109.99. But for a limited time, you can get this for the low price of $39.99 with the promo code OTIS. That's O-T-I-S. Remember, all MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the Radio Lister Specials to get this insanely low price of $39.99 on the towel set. You'll find deep discounts on all other MyPillow products as well. Enter the promo code OTIS or call 800-598-5268 for these amazing energized specials. The music heard on the Crude Life Morning Show, Play Hard, Work Hard, is by the Moody River Band. Interested in becoming a sponsor? Email studio at thecrudelife.com. The Crude Life Morning Show, Play Hard, Work Hard, is sponsored in part by Chewy Paws. All-natural elk, deer, moose, and caribou antler chews for dogs. USA-sourced premium quality and no preservatives. They love what we do in oil and gas, and all profits go to the dogs. That's Chewy Paws. Check out their website, ChewyPaws.com. That's ChewyPaws with a Z, dot com. The Crude Life Play Hard, Work Hard is sponsored in part by... For more than 100 years, First International Bank and Trust has been headquartered in western North Dakota home of the Bakken, 
our proven record of mineral management, appraisal, and brokerage services is now enhanced by the only Bakken-specific software, Mineral Tracker. Trust First International Mineral and Land Services and Mineral Tracker to protect your interests and help build and preserve a financial legacy for generations to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come it takes an industry to build a forest if you're interested in sustainable forests growing industry jobs check out the industrialforest.com that's the industrialforest.com play hard work hard now let's play hard Welcome back to the Crude Life Morning Show. Play hard, work hard. My name is Jason Spees. That is Sterling. And boy, we were all over the board in that last section. But you know what? We're kind of trying some new stuff here as we get ready for our season premiere, September 8th. And then, by the way, we're going to have the, the fantasy football draft. Boy, that is shaping up to be quite Yeah, who's going to be left, man? Hodge of everybody's welcome at the Crude Life. Right. Holy smokes. we got a hairstylist. We got an event center. We got some Ramco brats from my Ramco yeah. brats. Yeah. We got. I mean, this is awesome. Yeah, it is. Pipe, well, pipe inspections, uh, dogs. It's football, man. Myra Vargas. Without getting into beautiful. too much sports talk, though, I'm looking every day at NFL.com, going, "Well, okay, who's actually going to be healthy enough to start the season?" The one Selma Hayek aspires to be like? Mm, Selma Hayek. Anyway, what were we saying? I, was, I don't know. I was, we're talking about the news, sorry. I think. Yeah. I was daydreaming yeah, there. Selma Hayeking. What's up, amigo? What's going All right. on? Wall Street Journal, man. No, what were we talking about? Going I was on? talking about NFL football and the draft. Oh, that's coming up. Yeah. All right, we have a football draft that's, coming up, there by the way. There you go. Did you know now that? you're hey. back. All right. It's Groundhog Day. So anyway, today's Thursday. Right. And All day long, baby. We, where we went off the rails last... Last... Time. <laughs> okay. In the last segment was what I wanted to say. Okay. And we will finish my thought now. Really? Okay. Okay. Let's do it before you forget. <laughs> <laughs> Today, Thursday, there's a football game on. The Hall of Fame game mm-hmm. is tonight. That's right. I have yeah. no idea who's playing, yeah. nor do I care. People. Definitely people. There is football every week going forward till the Super Bowl going forward right now so next week we got a game either college or pros right we have a college football game or nfl game on tv on there's another example of where we went off the rail last time too (laughs) okay i will conclude with that which is there is football every week going forward that's why the fantasy football draft is out in everybody's space right now yep the other part i went off the rail where I didn't finish my thought, and we'll finish my thought, and then we'll go into news. <laughs> As executive producer, now we're cut. Co- do you remember now? I do As remember executive that one. Yeah, producer, we're back to that now. Okay. When you speak the truth, and sometimes the diva or the ego does not care for the truth. Okay. <laughs> they, sometimes the truth isn't always the right answer. Right. You right. Can't handle the truth. So 
when we were trying to skew younger because AM was not on any female or any male under the age of 30s dialogue, you know, right. or mindset, we, you know, we, we had our, our morning show was an old, old person. Okay. Number one in the ratings since since Kennedy was in office, okay, right? Yeah. Told well, usually your AM station is your number one radio station. Yeah. Young people don't listen to it or women, but it's you've got, you know, a lot of people that do. So anyway, he I mean this guy, his voice, smooth as silk, and every reason to be an ego the size of Connecticut. Oh, he hated everybody, and I loved him, okay? <laughs> oh, he was great, because you always know where you stood with him. Sure, no gray area. So where him and I had our little bucking of the horns, one day he made a joke, and he said, ah, just tape it. And I wanted to point out to him that saying tape it makes you sound old. Mm-hmm. People record stuff. Tape it is a VCR, man. Like, you, you, you dub it. Right. You, you, I mean, you don't, what do you tape? Mm-hmm. Tape is scotch tape. There's not an actual record, you know, and so, well, that turned into a, oh, man. Oh, that, that was. You a, called him old, basically. I, I called him yeah. old. I, well, I mean, what did you think? I actually did call him old. <laughs> and so, yeah, I didn't. But, I, you know, we're trying to have these conversations. It's tough trying to be a change agent. Sure. And so, even inside organizations, especially right now, there are change agents that may not even be being paid to be change agents. So imagine being a change agent you're getting paid for, and the person who's paying for you doesn't even have your back right? because the other guy's bringing in the money. <laughs> yeah, you're just getting lip service at that point. Well, it's, you know, it's kind of one of those things that's either a thankless job or you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Yeah. But it's reality, and it's the way it is. And that, you know, yeah. it's, it's one of those examples where sometimes the truth isn't even the right answer. Well, sometimes that's apt to get you into more trouble, right? What's going on in the news? (laughs) Well, from the Wall Street Journal. Oh, boy, speaking of divas. And I got to read it quick because the paywall is going to come slamming down. Oh, we got the timer up? Yeah, I got to think so. So uh, Exxon Chevron report billions in profits. That's billion with a B, but plan to keep spending tight. So despite strong turnaround as some economies recover from the pandemic, the oil giants mm. restrain spending to draw back investors. This is just exactly what I was talking about, was that, um, you know, uh, I, I said, I think, record profits, and I even yep. back, I backtracked it because I realized in the moment that wasn't right. So it was $2.6 billion, was it? Exxon reported $4.7, oh. and Chevron won $3.1 in their quarterly profit. Billions. Oh, I just made up... No, Something. that was apparently a dramatic turnaround from a year earlier when uh, Exxon reported problems. a quarterly loss of 1.1, and Chevron lost 8.3 billion last year. Wow. Well, Chevron, remember, they laid off people in 2019, yeah. so they were getting killed by two. You know, this is really another example of where uh, COVID and CARES Act saved the oil industry. It kind of it, it helped them out. Yeah, you know it did because again they were getting hit before COVID came into place. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. In fact, yeah. I mean, we've talked to people that suggested this basically sort of gave some companies sort of a false lifeline. You know, where they're going to live right. for another month or two and then totally. Well, yeah. I mean, so they're trying to keep spending tight. They're trying to keep the money in to basically encourage investor yeah. confidence. Yeah. Right? Oh, I know exactly what they're yeah. doing. Yeah. They just gave a lot of people the middle finger is what they did but it's the constant battle between the (laughs) investor and the consumer right well think of all the supply companies that cut costs Mm -hmm. i mean seriously there's a lot of the supply chain that gave a lot of free labor and time and 
emotional investment into this, okay? Well, and we're still seeing up here logistics stuff play. You know, you go to the store and you notice a shelf's kind of bare, right? I mean, so we're still not quite caught up on getting things from A to B. Why wouldn't my place have mahi ma- or have halibut? So uh, again, I bet you that's a logistics. They have mahi mahi now mm-hmm. instead of halibut, yeah. and. I, I get every now and then their oysters don't, don't come in. fish. That's a fish, right? right? It's a yeah. fish, yeah. Free the mahi-mahi. Okay. But the raw oysters I get, like, yeah, that's that's probably a, you know, different. But the big fish, I mean, is there is there an issue going on with the fishing? Uh, probably. I mean. I got to look into that. I, you know, I know in Oregon they were talking. Because hey, now it's affected my life. Well, dude, you so, talk okay. you talk about oysters. Uh, <laughs> when Oregon was seeing 123 degree ground temperatures, oh, was it? Was they it were cooking uh, the oysters. I mean, just they're sitting that's there in a the water. Shame. Well, you know, it's like a oyster bake, but a pop up, I guess. You know, all those aphrodisiacs just <laughs> steamed away, man. <laughs> Could picture somebody on the beach, you know, just cleaning trash off. Horny just, seagulls. Woo! Oh, those seagulls are horny today, man. After eating those uh, aphrodisiac steamed oysters in Oregon. So instead of reinvesting that money in rehiring. Or expanding. No, they're reinvesting in the system is all yeah, they're doing. Yeah. That's exactly, that's what's going on here, folks, is that there's there's no investment in people. It's investing in a system in order to keep the people controlled. And whether that's good or bad, it's, I you know, whether it's by design or by not, it's what's happening. Mm-hmm. And you can say it's because of the pandemic or it's because we need to get the Delta variant under wraps because the coronavirus COVID variant is not under wraps. So we got a vaccine, Jenny McCarthy, before Oprah comes out of retirement. Wow, that was, wow. Huh? That was a lot to take right? in. That's a lot. I'm going to unpack that for a while. That's just from my Yahoo homepage. Boom. Oh, is that, I, I love, uh, I, every now and then when I get bored, so when I was in church, back in my altar boy days, mm-hmm. I would get bored, okay? Well, actually, I became an altar boy because I got bored in church, because then you were part of the service. Right. You know, so then, you know, and you get attention. Yeah, which is nice, right, as a But kid. When, I, when I was not part of the service and getting attention, I would get bored sometimes, so i just flip open the hymnal. And folks, sacrilege, spoiler alert, put down... Just got to take a few steps back. Yeah, because keep in mind, from the blue. I, I, I was a child when I did this. Mm-hmm. Oh, clearly you're paying Excuse for me. it. I was a child when I discovered this. Okay. Because I still do this. Okay. <laughs> yes, I do. So uh, you open the hymnal, and whatever the song title is, mm-hmm. you add between the sheets after the song title. <laughs> and... That's fun for all ages. Oh, man, that makes every song fun. And that's offensive for all ages. You think, yeah. So you, you got to be careful. Yeah. But this is the crude life, folks. Right. So yeah, we're, we're a little know. rough around the edges, man. Anyway, so we'll just leave it at that. So. Well, you know, we were just t- looking the last couple of weeks. Both Exxon <laughs> and Chevron have been doing, you know, they're, they're, they're changing their target dates. Their boards are being sort of taken over and demanding more transparency. And, you know, as a result of that, you're seeing what is it? Is it Chevron or is it Shell that's basically pulling out of the Permian? And, and that's what I'm saying is that they're they're kind of riding through the, the, the rough waters. Mm-hmm. So they're more concerned about just making sure the ship is working, not the people 
controlling the ship. Right. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. And, and, it's, and I'm not saying that to be heartless, even though it kind of is heartless. I'm not saying that to be heartless. I'm just saying that that's the mindset, and that's where the idea is going, is that, okay, well, you know, we actually represent all these shareholders and all these employees, so the greater good. Right. And that, the greater good is just a higher strata than you or I. Well, it's who's ever greater is good. Yeah. Who's ever good is greater. Yeah. Right. And I, I think that's, you know, that's a part where we started to have a real problem in this country. We're pleasing the investor and the need for constant growth to encourage future investment sort of stymied the worker and the end user, the consumer. This is no different than what the egg industry went through. Mm. Now, I mean, now that the, the, the oil industry is being subsidized the way it is, that's why they can act like this. Okay. And so when you start getting subsidized, at the end, Monsanto owns 90% of the, 99% of the business. <laughs> that, that's what ends up happening is you just continue to get consolidation after consolidation. Because yeah. keep in mind, whether it's by design or not, the government is in the consolidation business. <laughs> it's easier to run government with consolidation, with less people involved at the meetings but more control. Yeah, we're so schizophrenic because at the same time, we constantly try to break up. Although in my lifetime, it's been a long time since we've broken up a monopoly. The, right, right. right. You know, they keep talking about Facebook and other things as a concern that needs to be broken up. But shoot, the last one I really remember, and I was a kid, would have been, I mean, like a toddler, would have been Ma Bell, would have been Bell, man. Remember when they broke that up and you had AT&T? And- well, Microsoft was a monopoly. That got broken up. Whether whether it was or not, the the government considered it a monopoly, and they actually broke it up. Yeah, yeah. So, and that was that was because they didn't really have control of gates. Right. Yeah. So yeah. you've got one side where they're trying to level the playing field, and the other side, which is leveling the mm-hmm. playing field for a certain number of people. And Apple never really became a monopoly, even though they are, but they weren't because their software was so unique and original that it didn't have the plug and play that. Microsoft. Came well, out and with. we don't call it a monopoly. We call it they have a brand. They have a certain amount of the market share. Totally, right? absolutely. Yeah, they got a certain. <laughs> oh, and that's true though. They yeah, did. It yeah, it is. But but um, what Gates was getting was so much uh, government business and so much of the monopoly of the uh, intellectual property, mm. if you will. Uh, because of uh, just the systems that they were integrating. Well, yeah, I mean, it was yeah. the the operating system nationwide, right? Partner channel was a word they were using, that sort of thing. Well, that's a good one. Well, because they, they had a vertical of different companies. Yeah, you got to have verticals yeah. and divisions. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Synergy. <laughs> Synergy, baby. Synergy, they called it for a while, yeah. and then vertical integration was another word. I have a picture of yeah. an eagle flying over an ocean and an American Oh, Hearst flag. did it. Yeah. I mean, it's no different than what Hearst did. You know, that, this is this goes back to... You know, uh, a lot of the different conspiracies involved in William H. Hearst because he owned the largest timber mm. timber uh, rights in America. And so all the other things that would create newsprint, because remember, he owned the most newspapers, too. Uh, he, he, he controlled that market. Yeah. Well, we, we talked about the Homestead Act. One of the biggest problems that people had with the Homestead Act when it first came out back in the 1800s or whatever is the ones that had bank loans. They had a monthly bill they had to pay, right? Yeah. Or whatever the case was. Maybe it was annual, whatever it was. But they didn't have control over the market. They didn't have control over the wheat prices. Yeah. They didn't have control over the corn prices. So there were certain things that were very important to their livelihood that they had no control over. Yeah. But there was always a group that did. Oh, yeah. I mean, and And those people are always protected. And through blunt force, essentially, they forced that westward expansion. I mean, it it did happen, obviously. But so what was this story about again? (laughs) Ha ha. That was Exxon and Chevron. We're moving on now.
Well, I think I think we just got to the point of that story, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, really? <laughs> okay, so here's a little bit of good ha! news from my point of view. This is from MSN.com and some the Canadian press. Line 3 pipeline to be in service by end of the year despite legal challenges. So this no is kidding. Enbridge. So Enbridge Inc.'s Line 3 pipeline replacement is on track to be in service by the end of the year despite no ongoing protests and recent court challenges. So they're not using word like hope. The $9.3 billion project, which is expected to add about 370,000 barrels per day of crude from Western Canada to the U.S., was handed a victory last month by the Minnesota Court of Appeals. So that affirmed the approvals granted by independent regulators that allowed construction on the Minnesota leg to begin last December. Great. All right. So the Minnesota Supreme Court has until mid-September, so coming up, to decide whether or not to hear the case. Well, these, you know, each one of these are really important because... Each victory allows the next argument to have a precedent that is favorable, not unfavorable. Because yes. keep in mind, they're, they're, most of the pipelines were getting approved. I mean, we've got so many pipelines underneath us. The average person, if, if these people seriously had anxiety about pipelines... They couldn't step outside. <laughs> There's so many pipelines underfoot that they don't oh, even know about. Dude, we're swimming in natural gas right oh, now. Oh, my goodness. Go try to dig a hole in your backyard yeah. and don't There's hit something. There's a reason why right. they tell you really don't dig. 811, baby. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what I'm saying. So each one of these, that actual common sense or science or historical data prevails, mm-hmm. depending on which fence you're sitting on. The opinionated one, the scientific one, the political one, which is probably the same as the opinionated probably. one. Probably, um, you you want them to continue with pipelines because each one that doesn't, that will be used as a uh, amplification for the opposition. I think everybody that's really opposed to pipelines for just you know they're not really sure why, but they know pipelines bad, right? And they equate yeah. that it's an easy thing to hang climate change on and this and that. But they should have to play like the original Sim City where you had to figure out logistics, right? It's real simple. But after a while, you started to have so many people that if you kept using highways instead of offering some public transportation or rail, you started having accidents, you started having problems. So I just don't understand. Pipelines are proven to be safer, right? If anything, we should be protesting the use of so much uh, trucking on, you know, that's, that's, that's making roads unsafe. In North Dakota, folks... At the university, North Dakota State did a study, and I hope, actually, I don't care if it was funded or not. I, I, either way, I don't even know how this idea came up, but they decided to analyze the sewer. Do you remember this? I don't, know. For COVID. They wanted to see oh. if people in North Dakota had COVID, so they went into the poop pipe, right. and they took a sample, and it was just rampant. It was just ridiculous, the amount of COVID poop going through there. So after this whole oil and gas anxiety, are they going to go after the the poop pipe next? The poop pipes, man. Because those are pipes. (laughs) And if those things are leaking... And there's COVID poop in there. Well, you see, and Delta a, poop in there's there. There's a thing. It, people, there are some people that would protest that. Anxiety is relative. That's all I'm saying. Ain't nothing new under the no. sun. And that's, you know, we get people protesting natural gas into new development as being prohibited. I'm, I'm just going to show up to these, these protests, start protesting the poop pipe now. 
I'm getting ahead of the game, right. man. Yeah. I'm done with the old natural you're, gas you're pipeline. Hey, man, we've been here, doing man. that for 40 years. Let's get to the poop pipe. Right. Let's get to COVID and Delta variant, man. The next <laughs> one's called, what's E? The Ernest? Ernest goes to camp. What is that? What's next? Ernest, Ernest saves the pipeline. Ernest saves the pipeline. Oh, Ernest go. poops the pipeline. I think he, yeah. <laughs> Ernest poops the pipeline. Oh man. Uh, he, you know, I miss Ernest movies. Those were so good. Ernest goes to camp. Ernest. Uh, and by good, you mean craptastic. Okay, there we go. Just that's re- what I was just looking stupid for. humor. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was looking well, for. Well, he started out as a mellow yellow ad. Mellow yellow. Yeah, he stole somebody's mellow yellow or something like that, and it turned into like a 15-movie franchise. Uh, what was his name again? Drawing Shoot, blank, man. He played the dad in uh, Beverly Hillbillies, the movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, God, Vern. Vern, uh, yeah. What the, what the heck was his anyway, name? You know what I'm saying, Vern? Yeah, I know what you're saying. See, that's what I knew him from was those commercials. So anyway, but let's get to the next oh, yeah, news story We are way off here. track Otherwise, there. How about some R. Kelly news? I know we've all been waiting to hear what's going to happen to R. Kelly because he's going to court again soon. Except some R. Kelly news. Right. He's the, he's one of the original sex Washington offenders. WashingtonNewsPost.com. Here's the headline. R. I'm Kelly. pretty sure MSNBC's uh, date, uh, to catch a date raper is because of R. Kelly. Okay, well, what's he doing? You know, it's interesting is the different way the, the same headlines being broke. But this one says, R. Kelly allegedly now weighs 300 pounds in prison, claims to be broke again. Double exclamation point. Bum, bum, bum. So uh, R. Kelly is once again claiming that he is broke. One of the singer's lawyers told the judge that Kelly needs to be measured for new clothing because he's gained a significant amount of weight while in jail. He also Which asked, is the jail's fault. We also, he also asked that the court transcripts, transcripts be provided at no cost because Kelly has been unable to work for two years. Well, normally he charges for that stuff, so this is really doing them a favor. Apparently it is. Apparently right. you have to pay for your, trans, your well, transcripts. Well, Trapped so. in the Closet was huge, and then Weird Al made it better, and then nobody remembered Trapped in the Closet. Or what was the name of the... Anyway, he, did, he yeah, had one hit. Yeah, I like, believe I Can Fly. That's one of his Oh, biggest, was that his? That's one of his biggest ones. Oh, okay. I never I, really cared for the... I guy. just remember that R. Kelly uh, took over as kind of the new uh, Rob Lowe for uh, You remember he was offenders. married to that 15-year-old singer that died in the plane crash back in 2001? What was her name? Aaliyah? A- Aaliyah? Yeah. Yeah. All I know is R. Kelly, he is the butt of many jokes that deal with sex offenders. Yeah, well, apparently he's into teenage girls. Oh, and... Like 12, 13, 14-year-old girls. And David Chappelle just rips on him. Like, you know, if you're going to be saying stuff into a microphone, lie. Well, you know what's interesting, too? Don't say her name 15, 17 times. This guy's been on the scene for about 20 years. Yeah. He hasn't been able to work in two years. So you're telling me... All those millions, just gone. Right? Oh, I'm sure. Just gone. Yeah. Well, MC Hammer, he spent all his money, too. I mean, you know, uh, Icky Woods uh, spent his money, too. Mm. I mean, Chris Rock used to make fun of African-Americans that come into money. They put spinners on their toasters. Right. You know what I mean? They, they spend money better than anybody type thing. So, uh, But R. Kelly is... Um, he's interesting because he, he kind of is that first... In my, for me... He's like the first major celebrity sex offender. Like the Rob Lowe was what I just kind of got with jokes of late night TV because right. it, it was some incident that kind of blew up or something like that. It was but, a videotape. I yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
And R. Kelly's was like, whoa, okay, this is like going to put him in jail. Well, it's another case almost like like Harvey Weinstein where everybody kind of knew and he would sing about it. I mean, it was out there. It was. Oh, that's right. And then when you actually listen to the lyrics again, it made Mm. it really creepy. Yeah. It's like anybody who grew up with George Michael not knowing he was gay and then listening to his music and going, how the hell did I not know he was gay? (laughs) How did I not figure that out? Um, what so what's going on with R. Kelly? Is, well, he, is the, this is this a new yeah, sex so he's allegation? To, yes, and he's going to trial in September. Oh, so he like. he's just a habitual yeah. repeater. He spent the last two years in a jail, basically, in the Brooklyn Detention Center. Yeah. Okay. His detri- oh, actually, sorry, his trial begins on Monday, so I'm wrong. He has pleaded not guilty to racketeering, bribery, coercion, enticement, and sex trafficking. Yeah, you, those are some really good ones, yeah. Yeah, I'm guessing he's he's going away for a while. I mean, it, which, it, you know, it, it's good. But hey, they it, let Bill Cosby out, so who knows? No kidding, right? Yeah. Well, a lot of it is how much can you spend? You know, he's got to find the right court that's going to allow you to. You well, know, he's broke, one, man. One court doesn't do it, the other one. Is this all for a Kickstarter campaign? Is there a way to donate to his cause, or is, there, is this just... <laughs> Just make fun of R. Kelly. I oh, mean, in man. all honesty, there's, there's the fact that this is even news yeah. is remarkable. Well, and it's like five lines of news, right? But it's, it was all over. I saw oh, this was headline, everywhere. too. In everywhere. fact, the one that I saw was awesome, and I wanted to do a whole segment on it, When I and I, I'm glad that you brought this story up because I was going to do it for a different segment because the story I read, it started out with, Disgraced rapper. Yeah, disgraced singer R. Kelly now singer. Penny, penniless. Is that what it is? Yeah. Okay, disgraced penniless and overweight. Singer. So they actually called him a singer, not yeah. a rapper. So I apologize, folks. There's the uh, mind tricks playing it on yourself. But for me, as the writer, I love the adjectives. Yeah. You know, what, yeah. what was the one for Mike Lindell? It was conspiracy theorist and entrepreneur. And pillow salesman. And I think pillow is, salesman. I mean, that's how usually, because that's the sort of absurd right. idea, right? And the so pillow salesman. R. Kelly is a disgraced singer. Disgraced. Well, at least they have singer. That's positive. Yeah, yeah. He's still I getting some publicity got, there, right? You're getting some out of it. So I just, I always laugh when I'm going, okay, so you're not supposed to editorialize if you're the, if you're the writer. But that didn't really editorialize, did it? Well, no. He's been disgraced in the public eye for a long time. Like, this wouldn't be a slander case for saying disgrace. So, And I always feel bad for the writer because that's good writing. But nowadays in the cancel culture, that'll turn someone off. Sure. Because it's not vanilla enough. There's some people that just want vanilla news. Like like NPR now is is, is too controversial. They, they want more vanilla That's, than NPR. Wow. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Well, basically, so. they want an AP report. They want a teletype where it's just the stuff, the information, no commentary. You know what I think they really want? Nothing. An excuse. She's counting, yeah. on, She's counting on you. I'm on the Crude Life Morning Show Play Hard, Work Hard is by the Moody River Band. Mike's now changing the game with a six-piece towel set. This towel set is made with USA cotton, making it extremely absorbent, yet still provides that soft feel that we all look for in a towel. This set comes with a two-bath, two-hand towel, two-washcloth, typically retailing 
for $109.99, but for a limited time, you can get this low price of $39.99 with the promo code OTIS. That's O-T-I-S. Remember, all MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener specials to get this insanely low price of $39.99 on the towel set. You will find other deep discounts on the MyPillow products as well. Enter the promo code OTIS or call 800-598-4268 for these great all-American energized specials. The Crude Life, the most trusted voice in energy. On the phone talking with us today, Chairman Christy Craddock of the Texas Railroad Commission. We are the oil and gas regulator, but we do pipelines and pipeline safety inspections for the state of Texas. We have roughly 470,000 miles of interstate and intrastate pipelines in Texas and roughly another 500,000 miles of gas utilities. We have a lot of pipe in Texas. We're the largest pipe state by a six. It's an important part of what goes on in the state, and safety is is really important, obviously, to all of us. Absolutely. You know, the oil and gas industry has always been environmentally focused. I mean, uh, the President Biden's administration, that this is Obama-Biden 2.0+. plus. And the rate at which we've seen the executive orders flying off the president's desk is taking America back, taking jobs back, and putting us in a detrimental position. But as the attorneys general for a number of states, we are pushing back. Um, from the Department of Transportation, that Permian, the Permian Basin has some of the um, most deadly roads of anywhere in the country. We average a fatality per day. That is absolutely unacceptable, and we need to do better. Uh, we just want to thank everybody that has been so supportive of us, and especially you, Jason. Without without your help, I don't think our event would be as successful as it is. I went out there on my first rig move, and I was like, wow, I'm permitting all these loads, getting trucks going, load go, and I don't even know what half the stuff was. So when I finally got to go on a rig, I was like, wow, I was amazed. I was truly amazed of how this process is. No, I wasn't expecting any olive branch at all. Uh, the Democrat Party has decided that they don't like oil and natural gas, and uh, they were clear that they're going to go after us. I, I don't think that's any surprise. My name is Jenica, and today we get to talk with Amy Andrzak of the Interstate Natural Gas Association of Americas. Amy is the president and CEO. How are you doing today? I would say my my interest in this arena started more from an interest in politics and advocacy, more so than an interest specifically in the energy industry. Well, the first the, the first advice that I that I want to give is, ladies, put your clothes on, okay? If you want to be taken seriously, put your clothes on, which that's a whole other podcast topic. It's a funny thing when I think sometimes it's just really ironic. I'll, I used to pull into the office and I would see some of my colleagues driving electric cars and things like that. And I'm like, how do you work for a large oil and gas company <laughs> pulling an electric car? So, I mean, even us, I mean, even in our, in our circles, we can see that things are changing. Actually, you are on the money. Back in 2014 and 15, when we first started approaching our management team at White our reasoning for wanting to engage in ESG is that we had great stories to tell. We all like living the crude life, so. <laughs> Play hard, work hard. Now let's work hard. Well, it'd be hard to improve on what uh, 
Ranking Member Bozeman said, and certainly my colleagues from uh, the Midwest, Senator Ernst and Senator Thune and others. So let me give what's a pretty average, probably, example from Realville, North Dakota. It would not be unusual for great-great-grandfather to have purchased land at $20 an acre. It would not be at all unusual that today that would be worth $2,000 an acre. You eliminate step-up and basis. If you have 100 acres at, valued at $2,000 an acre, you are suddenly taxing a whole bunch more money that no one did a thing other than produce food for a hungry world on for five generations. Secondly, their input costs have been skyrocketing, thanks to inflation. The price, frankly, the prices they've been getting in the last several years have not been all that great. Not to mention things like floods and droughts and hail and the, the other things that make farming so difficult. But let's just double the tax on that increased amount that you aren't getting any more money for. And that's what the capital gains tax proposal does. And worse, after all of that, if in fact um, y y there's, a, there's a, an estate tax uh, bill that comes due that's based on a lower threshold than what we're talking about today, that means more of the estate is going to be taxed if in fact it changes hands between generations. And suddenly you have an outcome that's not just a farmer with a $725,000 tax hit. You have a farmer who has to sell his family farm just to stay alive. That should not be anybody's goal. I'm embarrassed that, it's, that it is. Or maybe they just don't know. Now they should. Play hard, work hard. Now let's work hard. Joining me now, North Dakota Senator Kevin Kramer. Senator, uh, it clocks in at nearly 3,000 pages. I assume your office is going through this as well as they can. Any, anything stand out to you immediately as a red flag? No, Charles, not, not at this point. We are going through it line by line, of course. But remembering, too, that you know, I'm the ranking member on the Environment and Public Works Subcommittee for Transportation and Infrastructure. So the base of the bill is, has largely passed through a committee process. It passed unanimously a couple of months ago. And, and there are other things, water provision, and other provisions that, that have actually been legislative language for a long time. So we're really, at this point, we're doing exactly what you talked about, looking for the red flags. Where are the areas of, of concern? Where you know, might there be mischief? Um, does the written language actually, um, you know, coincide with with the uh, the themes that were passed when we voted to proceed to the measure? And so um, there are probably some offices that have, you know, a little less, you know, intimate knowledge than, than ours. But it, it does allow us to focus on the th on the specific pages of the three thousand that are the most concerning. So we'll be right. looking for things like on the permitting reform side, making sure that things like the uh, the the uh, one federal decision. Uh, provisions that we put in the EPW bill are still in there. Uh, making sure that categorical exclusions for permitting, that the permitting council is still a, a major part of it. And uh, because, because you know, little money goes a lot further when you don't have to take 10 years to do a you know, two-year job. And sure. th th those are sure. things that we're looking at, as well as the formula things to make sure that, that the miles of highway, for example, are, are um, you know, accounted for as well as the, the population of a particular state. You might understand that. Um, you know, North Dakota has a lot of highways and few people. So there, there are just a lot of those nuanced things that we're looking very closely at. I've been on those North Dakota highways, believe me, you they have. better cover them. <laughs> all right. <laughs> now, to me, though, it really seems like this all sets up the, for perhaps a quick passage of the $3.5 trillion spending bill. 
Can you handicap whether you think sure. that gets through? You know, I saw a lot of folks on the left complaining about today's this infrastructure bill, and I saw a lot of uh, you know schematics saying that they feel like they lost out on that. Uh, you know. What do you think in terms of this making it through, and what are your Democratic colleagues telling you with respect to the impact of inflation that all the spending has already had? So really important point, because the, the nice thing about infrastructure, Charles, and this bill in particular, because it really does stick to traditional infrastructure, it, it, to the degree broadband is traditional, um, roads, bridges, obviously, uh, waterways, rail, um, you, you know, the stuff that moves our economy. That right. actually pushes against inflation, because first of all, it, it does pay for an asset, a physical asset, in many cases, in the last decades, hopefully, that's the, the, the plan. It pays people to work but as I'm, opposed I'm, to I'm not I'm more work. concerned now, sir, Senator Kramer, what about though the now the three and a half trillion dollar yeah. spending bill? Well, well, uh, the, because it feels like the whole game plan is, hey, pass this, prove we're bipartisan, and then muscle the other one through. Sure. Well, whether we pass this one or don't pass this one, they're going to muscle the other one through. The, the, the difference being if we pass a trillion dollar package that actually has spending constraints, that actually has prime infrastructure as its, as its focus and the profitability of the private sector, I think you've taken a lot of the low-hanging fruit out of uh, a, uh, a, a human infrastructure bill that I think makes it more difficult, okay. frankly, for them to pass it. And they're going to do it. I got you. If, if we didn't do this one, I think it's not just a trillion. It's probably two trillion they add to the three and a half trillion. And they do whatever they want I without any permitting reforms. Uh, less than a minute to go. Is the debt ceiling? Where is, where is the debt ceiling thing? So right now, I don't know a single Republican that would be supportive of a clean raising of the debt ceiling. No, I haven't, you know, I haven't surveyed all of them, but we're we're looking at um, conditions that we would want to put on the raising of the debt ceiling. Fundamental things that are there that get to the heart of raising the debt ceiling and spending things like, uh, um, you know, raising the threshold for a vote if you continue to add to the debt once the debt debt is greater than or equal to um, productivity, as an example. So we need to see some structural changes. Absent that, I, I just don't know how, how we would ever vote to raise the debt ceiling. And I would not be at all surprised if Democrats would try to stuff that into their uh, budget reconciliation spending package that only requires a simple majority to pass. Um, but we have to have a serious discussion about the debt and the deficit on both sides of the ledger, both the discretionary and the mandatory side of the ledger. A lot right. of us are prepared right. to do that. I'm part of the trust. I'm on the Trust uh, Act with Mitt Romney, which gets to the foundation. I think of, of the mandatory spending side. It's a very unpopular side of the politically to talk about. But as you know, right. these trust funds are coming up on insolvency, not not in a long yeah, ways, yeah. but it, within know, it this just, decade. It just always feels like, I mean, there's a lot of bluster. Occasionally, the government shuts down for a day or two, but it's always the ultimate game of chicken. And then once again, they hike it. Uh, and it's I know it's been like 110, 111 times. Maybe at some point they can get a fixed number there. Senator, I really appreciate it. You gave us some uh, important details that I was not aware of, and we appreciate that. Thank you. Always my pleasure. Thanks, Charles. When it's time to put the booze down, find us some solid ground, clean this damn life up, and turn it all around. We got lost in the smoke and drink.
interested in becoming a sponsor? Email studio at thecrudelife.com. The Crude Life Morning Show Play Hard, Work Hard is sponsored in part by Chewy Paws, all-natural elk, deer, moose, and caribou antler chews for dogs, USA-sourced premium quality and no preservatives. They love what we do in oil and gas, and all profits go to the dogs. That's Chewy Paws. Check out their website, ChewyPaws.com. That's ChewyPaws with a Z, dot com. The Crude Life with host Jason Spies. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Crude Life Daily Update. On today's episode, we talk with energy expert Mark Stansberry. Jason, you remember when um, we had phase one and phase two, phase three, all that, as far as uh, audits, as far as environmental assessments. And a lot of my buddies in the industry, uh, that goes back, well, way back, uh, fought that. It's, uh, I'm not going to do all that. I'm just going to. So I wound up, I went and took a course uh, because as a land man, I was a land man, I thought, I need that to be part of my profession because I need to know more about environmental assessments. So I embraced it, and I'm glad I did because uh, we were kind of ahead in the sense that it, it wound up being something used, as you know, every oil, you know, every oil well will have, if it's done correctly, will probably have a piece of, so at least a, a a piece of paper or form or something talking about the environmental assessment was done on their particular location. And that is helping maintain the environment. I go that, I use that same example with ESG. Uh, Several of my friends in the oil and gas industry that have companies, in fact, a CEO, one company in particular that I know of has devoted part of his web, their website, the company's website to ESG and have, uh, put on there one to two pages. Actually, I think he has two pages of information of what they're doing as a company. So he's taking the lead instead of fighting it and saying, well, that's we're not going to be involved with that. Well, the key is it doesn't take that long, as you, you just talked about. It doesn't take a whole lot of time to show the facts. To listen to the full-length interview with energy expert Mark Stansberry or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. From the staff at the Crude Life Daily Update, my name is Jason Spies, asking you to always remember, energy is more than an industry, it's a way of life. Mike and the fine folks at MyPillow are changing the game once again with their six-piece towel set. This set is made with USA cotton, making it extremely absorbent, yet still provides that soft feel you look for in a towel. The set comes with a two-bath, two-hand towel, two-washcloth, typically retailing for $109.99, but for a limited time, you can get this for the low price of $39.99 with the promo code OTIS. That's O-T-I-S. Remember, all MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the Radio Listener Specials to get this insanely low price of $39.99 on the towel set. You'll find deep discounts on all other MyPillow products as well. Enter the promo code OTIS or call 800-598-5268 for these amazing energized specials. The Crude Life is sponsored in part by... For more than 100 years, First International Bank and Trust has been headquartered in western North Dakota, home of the Bakken. Our proven record of mineral management, appraisal, and brokerage services is now enhanced by the only Bakken-specific software, Mineral Tracker, 
Trust, First International Mineral and Land Services, and Mineral Tracker to protect your interests and help build and preserve a financial legacy for generations to come. Exclusive interview industry news, environmental innovation at thecrudelife.com. Well, you're my pineapple, baby, let me be your mango man. You're my pineapple, baby, let me be your mango man. Come on, I want to lay you on the black Hawaiian sand. Well, you're my surfboard, baby, let me be your boogie man. My surfboard, baby, let me be your boogie man. Yeah, you and me will ride this wave as far as we can. Cause you're my pineapple, baby, let me be your mango man. You're my pineapple, baby, let me be your mango man. Come on, I wanna lay you on the black Hawaiian sand. The sharks in the water, they think you're pretty sweet. Pretty sweet, pretty sweet, pretty sweet. Oh, they're never gonna get you with their big old pearly teeth. Pearly teeth, pearly teeth, pearly teeth. Yeah, the word in the water is you're way too pretty to eat. Cause you're my pineapple, baby, let me be your mango man. You're my pineapple, baby, let me be your mango man. Mike and the fine folks at MyPillow are changing the game once again with their six-piece towel set. This set is made with USA cotton, making it extremely absorbent, yet still provides that soft feel you look for in a towel. The set comes with a two-bath, two-hand towel, two-washcloth, typically retailing for $109.99, but for a limited time, you can get this for the low price of $39.99 with the promo code OTIS, that's O-T-I-S. Remember, all MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the Radio Listener Specials to get this insanely low price of $39.99 on the towel set. You'll find deep discounts on all other MyPillow products as well. Enter the promo code OTIS or call 800-598-5268 for these amazing energized specials. Interested in becoming a sponsor? Email studio at thecrudelife.com. 